0: The Black Fortress was dismissed and a Primarch got away. Hello everyone and welcome to Chapter Tactics, your 40k podcast which focuses on playing Warhammer 40k competitively at all levels of the game. I'm your host, Petey Pop, and we're just going to jump right in It introduce Matt Root. Mr. Matt Root, say hi to everyone.
1: Hi to everyone.
0: Um, for those of you who have not been keeping up with the competitive 40k scene, Matt Root is currently the number one ITC ranked player. And if you don't know what the ITC is, I will give you a quick moment to go on to frontlinegaming.org and look up the ITC and just kind of take a gander at it. We are basically a tournament organization, people who... Create a format and promote the competitive 40k and people going out to events. And we have our flagship event coming up. By the time you listen to this, I will be getting ready for the Las Vegas Open, which is our flagship event, and it will be a week from today. So you'll be listening to this on Saturday, and we will be flying up or driving up on Wednesday, and the event happens on Friday through Sunday, Super Bowl weekend. It should be an absolute blast. It is uh, what a lot of people I think are excited for. And Matt Root, I think it might be what you've been waiting for since you've been number one in the ITC season.
1: Oh, God. I don't know about that. It's more like <laughs> a giant stressor because, like, I'm currently number one, but I have to do well to stay number one. So it's more like, oh, my God, get in here, get it over with at this point. <laughs> uh,
0: now, now, you do win a couple thousand dollars if you are the number one ITC ranked player after the Las Vegas Open. And, That'd be uh, nice. yeah, and I think you're 100 points ahead of. Uh, I don't think Brandon Grant's. Uh, is Brandon Grant's the number two? I think Ernie Long's number two now. I don't know. Yeah, I, I haven't think
1: checked. They're like they're like neck and
0: they're, neck. They're actually. neck and neck. Um, Brandon Grant might have squeezed in because he d- he's done really well in January. But you you are still about a hundred points ahead of the nearest person.
1: Something um, like that.
0: So you have a comfortable lead. And basically, for those of you who might be wondering how the ITC ranking system works for points. You multiply the amount of players in your event uh, by a specific number. I don't know the exact formula, so please forgive me. And then you multiply that or add the number of rounds. Or it's, it's a it's a formula that revolves around the number of rounds you play and how many rounds in a row that you've won and how many players have attended your event. And at the LVO, you have nine rounds, a maximum of nine rounds that you can play. So if you go 6 no, then you make the top eight, which is a top eight bracket with three rounds. Uh, quarterfinals semifinals and the finals you can get that's your n- nine win multiplier plus we have over 400 players registered at the event so that you as you can imagine is uh the largest event for itc points largest event 40k event so far the itc season or so far ever actually um not to toot our own horn here but it's going to be a really large event and it's going to be worth a lot of itc points so matt root y- you pretty much have to make the top eight to win the ITC champion unless everyone else just bombs and just does absolutely terribly.
1: Um, yeah. I'm that, that, that's accurate. It's worth like a bajillion points. So I have to do, <laughs> I had to do well, no pressure, so That hundred points. does. Yeah, know exactly. The hundred points doesn't mean much <laughs> when like LVO is worth like several hundred million. Points now,
0: now it is, it is a difference between uh, making the top eight and, and losing in the first round and, you know not making the top eight and not making it's it's you have you have some leniency if you were if you were maybe one point or two points ahead it would be whoever performed the best which would be a lot harder uh understandably uh, so you do have you have a little bit of uh, that 100 point cushion there i don't know what your lowest event score is but i imagine from doing well or winning the lvo you'll probably get an extra 150 points it's
1: it's it's entirely depends on where i get i actually have (laughs) this is this is how bad it is i have a giant excel sheet with like (laughs) the top like 30 players or something like that and i have calculated exactly how much every single person on that sheet needs to beat me how much i need to guarantee a win via them and all the difference like there's it's a giant formula because that's just how much time i spend playing this game
0: (laughs) no no, it's really it's really funny because pajama pants last year did the exact same thing. He had an Excel sheet and there's actually a picture of me sitting down with him on my laptop and him showing me his Excel sheet and, and kind of just like walking me through it. And he's like, yeah, this could happen here and this could happen here. And I was like, oh my God, this guy put way more time into this than I did. Cause I thought I was kind of cute. Like I was like, Hey, pajama <laughs> pants, these are the people that you can beat you. And he's like, actually um, that's wrong. Here is the complete list of nightmare scenarios. Uh, and back then, Aaron Along was the snake in the grass because he only had 4 events uh, instead of the cap out at 5 so Aaron Along would have gotten max points for the Las Vegas Open he would have gotten the most amount of points because when you're, when you're maxed out at, with your events and your scores your highest event or whatever event is worth the most points will replace the lowest event so if you have 5 300 point events and you win a 400 point event that 400 point will replace the 300 point event and you only get an extra 100 points Yep. so Aaron along if he had made the top eight or if he had won the Las Vegas Open would have gotten like an extra 400 points or 300 points or whatever which which is huge it's an, it's a ridiculously large number so even though he was so far down in the ITC rankings and I say so far down loosely Aaron along was like still in the top 25. I think he was 19th yeah. place he was he was but comparatively for the people who are vying for the top spot 25th 19th place is a lot lower when you when you consider that really the top 10 players, the top eight players in the ITC have like have the most, the biggest legitimate chance because after that it starts getting into nightmare scenarios, you know? So, so anyways, Ernie yeah, Long last yep. year was a snake in the grass. Uh, I'm actually curious if you, if you have a snake in the grass, if there's someone who's, who doesn't have quite the maximum amount of points or the maximum events, but is really good and can potentially steal it away from you.
1: You'd actually be really surprised. Yeah, like there's several people actually who could potentially take it. I, it's exactly like that. I did the whole nightmare scenario odds ratios and a bunch of other stupid calculations like that. Uh, there's not one particular person who necessarily can take it away. Like is like just, oh, my God. Um, uh, but I will tell you that there are, you know, like A. Leong and, you know, Chester. It's very it's it's very similar to what you see on the ITC page. So A. Leong and um, uh, Brad Grant. Brad Chester. I was the saying Grant. Um, both have uh, are very close. Okay, the reason okay. I mentioned Chester is because Chester actually had did the exact same thing that Alion did last year. He had four events, and so even though he was way down in the rankings, uh, he had you know if he done you know doing well at LVL meant that Uh-oh. he gotten a ton of points. Uh-oh. So no one was paying attention to him, but I was. I was like, ah, <laughs> oh, don't you do this! And I was basically following him pretty 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 Uh-oh. constantly. Yeah. Um, But he did do a fifth event and is now in the ranking, so he's hopped up quite a bit. Okay. So I've still got my eye on it.
0: Yeah, he's Yeah, Brad Chester, I, th- I believe his fifth event was this January. And though he did well, I don't think the event, it was only a 30-plus person event, maybe, I think. I'm not 100% sure. I know I covered it last week, and I should remember this. But I know that that event was probably not his highest event. So he's still a pretty good chance of being a snake in the grass. And then Grant Van Bosch, I think is who you we were talking
1: about. Uh, Brandon Grant.
0: Oh, Brandon Grant. Well, Brandon Grant's not, he's not a snake in the grass. He is, he's like the, the guy in the race who's, who's, uh, kind of, you know, drafting you and, and Uh, he, he's like, he's ready for you to make a mistake and then just take your spot. He's, he's not. Yeah. Um, but breathing down my neck, right? He's breathing down your neck. Uh, Brad Chester. I, I hope you, he made the top eight last year at the Las Vegas open. Um, and I, I will freely admit that I did not give him enough credit I didn't know who he was, and Bradchester. I will apologize. I I think I already have, but I think I'll do it one more time. I apologize. I will never overlook your name again. I always see Bradchester any tournament and go, "Wow, Bradchester's there." Uh, that's that's already going to be a hard tournament. So, but yeah, Bradchester's quietly had a a really great ITC season, and I. I would definitely see him as a snake in the grass
1: yeah absolutely he still has like you know it, the fifth score essentially before lvo doesn't matter so right. chester could easily do like blow everyone away and everyone be like where did that come from yeah if but he if I've he has a watching,
0: top eight yeah if he has a top eight repeat he's he's in the shot for itc champion easily
1: funny funny story i think it was brad chester who beat me in the final round of adepticon this i think it was chester In in the you know there's two days there's the first four games in the first day and then the top 16 the second day. Right. Chester actually beat me I think in the fourth game and that put me in 17th place. But because there was a drop I made the top you know 16 adepticon and then I ended up in second where I have no idea I was like I was as shocked as everyone else was that I got in that place. Right. So so Chester Chester is not only snake in the grass he's the one who was like no no adepticon for you and I. Right. So so he's he's got some he's got some you know he's got some. Good spa behind his <laughs> behind his snake in the grassness. You he's know, some...
0: it, and he also you could say he was also the architect of your of your kind of your ITC success story, right? Because if, imagine if he hadn't beaten you and you had made like the top eight and gotten Aaron Along earlier or oh, if he that's tied true. you, right? Right? Uh, yeah, so no, that's Brad true. Chester, I
1: should be. I gotta give him a call and send him flowers tonight. Right. Thanks, Jester. I appreciate it. But
0: but lace the flowers with uh, some sort of sedative so he's tired. So, because you know, you also want them to lose. You want to thank them, but you also don't want them to do well because yeah, I need,
1: to do, I need to do that with a lot some, of people. Some, fr- top, some friendly
0: competition there, uh, but yeah. So, let, moving on to the Depticon real quick, and then we can go into tournament news, uh, which is typically what we keep at the front of the show. Um, Depticon was kind of what skyrocketed your your ascension, essentially, right? Because you made second place at a Depticon, and I I kind of had to keep my eye on you because like, who is this Matt Root guy? Yeah. Who, who got destroyed by Aaron A. <laughs> Long like, like he was supposed to. Um, and then I think you turn around and you win the Flying Monkey GT no, afterwards.
1: F- flying Monkey, what name Flying Monkey was before that? No, that's a good question. Uh, I think, maybe it was after. I think Flying Monkey was first, but I could be wrong. But you're definitely right in that no one was paying any attention to me because it's right. like, who's this guy who's winning a Midwest GT, you know? So um, it, people were like, who's this guy? In Adepticon. Yeah. Um, that that's when people actually kind of started paying attention so to speak
0: to right me. and then so. and then it was just one gt win after another it was like matt root matt root matt root, matt root second place at ha- um at the bao you know like matt yep. Root doing well here matt Root winning here um so you you're winning a lot of large quality gts uh you don't yeah. have a huge open under your belt like a 200 100 plus tournament open i think I'm not sure
1: uh not 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 first place no the closest no. is like you know getting like second second at, at, at the BAO, BAO
0: which Adepticon. which is you know BAO whatever second place at the BAO and Adepticon that's that's nothing yeah. <laughs> <laughs> those are really no, large no big guys. Deal. those oh, <laughs> MDD, those guys. are getting getting top 8 at either of those events is a big deal <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> um,
1: i mean that's i'm just looking for top 8 right LBO, so. oh yeah
0: All right, so we're going to jump into tournament news real quick and hop right to it. So tournament news. First off, we had the Ease into the LVO event, our very own Team Zero comps. Actually, I'm not into Team Zero comps, but Frontline Gaming Team Zero comps, very own James Carmona ran the event. James, I heard it was a great event. He made the 28 people to make it a GT uh, by the uh, hair of his chinny-chin-chin, but he did it. (laughs) And uh, Josh Death, dominated the event. He he beat I, I think a lot of really solid players on his way to the top or to the first place with a triper tight lance list with a Libraries Conclave and a Sikana division. And I've had a lot of people ask me about this list, so I'm gonna briefly explain it. Basically yeah. the Triper Tite Lance is the three new knights, Imperial Knights, from the Night Book. So the Knight Warden, the Knight Gallant, and the Knight Crusader, and they are one unit. I think they still stay in coherency four inches they get uh, some cool special rules, but the big thing is, is Josh Death rolls on telepathy in the Librarius Conclave sometimes, and he buffs them, right? So he you know he gives them prescience. He maybe he rolls for ignores cover or ignores line of sight, right? For the Crusader or or something. He basically he buffs them so that they become kind of like a quote unquote night Death Star. And the Psychana Division summons demons, and that's all yep. the Psychana Division. there for. and it is it is a brutal list. Uh, Josh Death recently. had Lost his first place spot in the Imperial Knights faction, so he went into the Eastern delvio event. I won it, so I, I presume he's probably in first place again because it was a GT. So and it was a five round event. So Josh Death, uh, that's kind of it's kind of a list that he's brought a couple of times, and it's a really interesting list. And it's actually, I in my opinion, the best Imperial Knight list. All the other Imperial Knight lists are spoiler lists. They will not win large events. I, I, you know, I just, I firmly believe that if you win with a five or four night list uh, at a really large event, you're, you're, you're a really good player, and I think you got really lucky because I think that's kind of a lower tier list, just my opinion. But the tripartite lance list that Josh Death is running is actually has the potential to do a lot of damage. It might have top eight potential at the Las Vegas Open, maybe.
1: Yeah, it has. It, I mean, it has. I mean, a lot of people don't give the knights credit too, because the Cykana is there to summon, right. and so the, the the you know you're dealing with the knights. Meanwhile, he's just churning out units in the backfield, and he can generate a lot of board presence doing that. And so people really underestimate the ability of that that you know he can make the knights invisible or whatever and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, I mean, he can. It's it's actually. Uh, it's a it's a good list and it's i agree with you actually pablo i think that if you're going to take a night list that's the way to go uh,
0: also in, in summoning aside or just to go on the topic of summoning real quick i recently played a game uh, not recently it was about a couple weeks ago it was for our mass san diego masters league uh look it up it's a pretty cool league Two thousand points but basically i was running a big wolf death star thing running it at a poor guard player who had a bunch of stubborn, fearless guard blobs and was running them kind of at me. So we kind of met in the middle and he had a Night Lancer. But I, I didn't want to relinquish my backfield objectives to him so easily. So I just went ahead and summoned one unit of Pink Horrors into my backfield. That was it. <laughs> Only thing, yeah. I just... I was just like, hey, Pink Horrors, you just you just do your job. You just go back there um, and I will I will hopefully forget about you. So uh, my Death Star, he's got two Priests and huge blobs with rerolling saves and four up Involns because he cast because he got the divination power that gives you four up invuln. so my Death Star is 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 getting it can't kill through kill these guardsmen basically. So I kind of have to rely on those pink horrors to score me the millstone objective there because my Death Star is stuck and being tarpeded. The knights coming in there to potentially stomp them all out. I'm actually it's looking actually looking kind of grim. And he outflanks two veteran squads with like full on plasma gun melted guns, in uh, these fast little vehicle thing vehicle things. He outflanks them with his warlord trait and they're they're out there and I'm like oh crap now I have to deal with these guys uh, they shoot up a bunch of the pink cores I get a bunch of blue cores he also he then charges the blink cores later on the pink cores almost no that's actually sorry this is what happens he doesn't shoot at them he contests the objective I'm in ruins so it doesn't matter he charges them later he kills 7 I get 14 blue cores I pass my in, my instability test on a 4 <laughs> so so my pink cores are like yay we lived and the Blue Horrors are like, we got you, buddy. So we charged 14 Blue Horrors into both squads, won the combat, swept them, and then uh, he shot, I think, like a last gun at at the Blue Horrors once, and I got a Brimstone Horror, and he's like, I guess I shouldn't have done that. All three units rolled on the Zinch power, the the small blast AP1 D6, strength D6 plus 4 uh, template thing, yeah. power. The, and I killed both of his vehicles, and essentially those Pink Horrors that I summoned for free won my entire backfield it was
1: <laughs> mvp ridiculous
0: right right they they killed way worth more than their points they gave me warp dice to kind of get kind of keep my you know kind of keep my dice churning a little because i lost all my astropaths um pink horrors are insane so that sorry i didn't mean to run into a tangent there but i thought that was kind of a funny story that you guys would wanted to hear funny being a loose term there <laughs> some of you guys might be vomiting in your mouth a little which is completely understandable those pink horrors are really good they're insane they're, they're insane <laughs> all right uh onto the golden Sprue cup GT uh Nick Nanavati won with his War warsect and the ugliest clay brimstone horror models I have ever seen
1: they, uh that's, sorry Nick that, I think that's being generous actually they're right. pretty they're, that's they have smiley faces at least <laughs> on their oh they're bad <laughs> yeah they
0: but you know Nick um paint them up for the Las Vegas open please I'm sure he's <laughs> doing that Nick Nick, if you're listening, paint them. Put some more paint on them. And uh, he ran about a million of those, and a Rahati Warsect, and four identical, or three or four identical Chaos Demon Princes. And then second place was Kurt Claus, with a, I want to say a cookie-cutter Taurdar list. It looked really cookie-cutter. Warp Spiders, Scathash Wraith Knight, Riptide Wing, some Bikes, you know, the usual. Uh, and then Alex Fennel one with a Necron Pylon Star, which if you don't know what it is, it is currently the best Necron list you could possibly run right now for this meta. It uh, uses the sentry pylons and a bunch of characters to form a deep-striking, kind of super-hard-to-kill Death Star killer, basically, an anti-Death Star, so to speak. And Necron players that are using it are really good with it. So Alex Fennel, who also made the top eight last year at Delvio, the, the Golden Spru Cup GT, Adam, you guys did a great job with it. Adam from Masters of the Forge. So that happened as well. Nick Naughty first place, Kurt Klaus second, Alex Fennel third. Matt, do you want to add anything to that?
1: Nope, those are just the ugliest freaking brimstones I've ever seen. He even sprayed them with like glitter. <laughs> like, or, I don't know, they're like shiny and they're, they're not even based. They're, right. <laughs> they're pretty bad. But uh, yeah, no, the, I, I I I think the pylon star is cool. I don't It I, is really I, cool. I think it's a cool army. Actually, it's 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 different from other Death Stars. It's a shooty Death Star, which yeah. is not what you typically see at all.
0: Uh, also, it, you can't jink the line because you're targeting us uh, two spaces between each other and then hitting everything in between them, kind of like can't two jink. points. So you can't jink it. And uh, the re- there's a ton of strength ten attacks. It's it's I think it's three or four shots per pylon. Then you take the maximum amount, and then so you're you're doing a ton of strength ten hits on something on any unit and it's typically wherever you want it because you're deep striking. So it, it's just a really nasty list and you can't charge it cause you know, there's a ton of characters in there. You know, yep, and they can just or, deep
1: strike out. And then in right. addition to that, like they they, they, they they hit invisible units cause it does. It's just, you draw a line. It can even shoot in combat, which is right. also really gross.
0: Right. It's yeah, it's really nasty. Uh, the only downside to it and why I don't think you see it winning a lot is because it is extremely expensive. It, it's, if you look at Alex Fennel's list, which I will just pull up real quick right here, um, he has a unit of Immortals, a unit of Warriors and a Ghost Stark, and six Wraiths, and that's it. And the rest is all the Death Star. It's <laughs> yep. a Royal Court, the three Sentry Pylons with the Focus Death Rays, and your Destroyer Lord and your Cad. And <laughs> that's it. That's a really, really expensive Death Star.
1: It's a Death Star, yep.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a Death Star. Uh, so the golden, scr- the golden Sprue Cup GT happened as well. Um, I was reading the article I couldn't actually find how many players showed up uh, though it was a GT so definitely over 28 and I imagine it was probably over that Uh, anyways so there you go if you guys would like to check out more more GTs and check out lists actually head on over to the Best Coast Pairings app download it on either Android now they're on Apple iOS if you download the Best Coast Pairings app they now have an awesome feature which makes my job a million times easier where you can Click on the tournament you want to look at. Click on the player or the round or the matchup that you want to look at, and they have a little drop-down menu you can click on, and you can look at players' lists. So if I if I'm you know I'm checking out the Las Vegas Open, and you know I want to see that Matt Root and Brandon Grant are playing round one, and I want to see you know like what list they're bringing, you would click on the little little thing on the right, and you can look at either Brandon Grant's list or Matt Root's list, provided that they actually submit their lists at the event for pictures and guys if you're it here now Pat, spread the word las vegas open uh we are the best coast Springs guys are basically taking your lists and submitting them into the best coast Springs when you register so yep. if we could please just have your lists ready when you guys register for the las vegas open 40k championships that would make our jobs a lot easier it'll make coverage a lot easier it'll also keep a sense of uh it, visibility uh, I'm forgetting that clarity, uh, transparency, transparency. Thank you. Uh, thesaurus. Um, but yeah, transparency for the event. So people can look at each other's lists and kind of keep each other accountable, which is, which is huge. So the best coast pairings guys, you guys are doing a great job and you can only do that for sponsored events currently right now. I'm sure they're working on a way to expand it and maybe monetize it. Um, whatever, whatever they have to do, you know, they, they are, they're not running that app for free. So, uh, Go ahead and keep an eye on that, guys. And for right now, you can only look at the list of sponsored events. Or if you are in the event, you can look at all the lists and events. Luckily, the Las Vegas Open will be sponsored. So you can look at all the lists in the event. And you can kind of follow along, too. Should be huge, a huge deal. And I will also be blog, live blogging the entire time, Facebook living, interviewing, getting list texts from people live, uh, snapping pictures of, of armies. And it should be a lot of fun.
1: Yep, until so I play like, I don't know, Brandon Grant game one and he kicks my butt and I'm like,
0: "No!" <laughs> well, we'll wanna, we I see. I I kind of want to see that. You and Brandon Grant Brandon Grant actually have not played.
1: I I'm, I'm not I would have no problem with playing Brandon Grant. I just want to <laughs> go around
0: one. Just don't do just it. <laughs> top 8 LVO. I, I, yeah, exactly.
1: I'd like to do it right. in top 8 cuz winner then, then winner
0: like... gets $2,000. So, yeah, that would be kind of like cool. that. That yeah, that would be nice. That would be kind of cool. Uh, a nice little storybook ending to a great tournament. All right, so we're going to go ahead and jump right into Matt Root's interview after uh, this advertisement, very, very funny advertisement, from the guys over at Life After the Cover Save.
1: Yo, get off the computer. I need to check eBay. I got an auction ending soon. Wait, what are you doing on the computer? I'm just buying some minis online. Are you saving money? Nah, dude, saving clicks. Time is money, right? Hey! What the heck was that for? Dude, you gotta buy from Frontline Gaming. They offer savings on minis every single day, and up to 25% off Games Workshop stuff. Whoa, that's better than saving clicks. With all that savings, I could take a few days off of work so I can paint these minis. Ow! You gotta stop that, it hurts. You know what hurts? Spending three weeks base coning models. Save yourself some pain and get them painted by Frontline Gaming's painting studio. You know what, you've got all the answers. That's why I'm glad you're my best friend. I don't know what I'd do without you. I could never hurt you. What are you looking up on eBay? I'm uh, selling a bunch of old models. Don't really use them anymore. Why aren't you going through Frontline Gaming's secondhand store? You can get money or store credit. I think you broke my nose. I don't like your tone, mister. So I'm just gonna say this. Head over to FrontlineGaming.org for more details.
0: Okay, Matt Root, are you ready to be grilled?
1: I'm, I'm ready for to be grilled like a cheese.
0: <laughs> All right. So first things first, what do you expect to see at Delvio?
1: A lot of really ugly converted brimstone horrors. Mm. Really, really ugly brimstone oh, horrors.
0: I, oh, man. Okay, so guys, uh, <laughs> while, while we're here, uh, I'm going to reiterate one more time. Paint your brimstone horror conversions. <laughs> uh, I'm not. I'm not part of the judge staff. I, I will not be answering rules questions at the Las Vegas Open. We have an amazing judge staff, and they are more than capable of deciding whether your Brimstone Horrors are bad and you should be a bad, you know, you should definitely not run them or they're acceptable. And I think, honestly, they are very lenient and they're not going to, you know, they're not going to try their hardest to be jerks and send you home. Uh, they're not going to nitpick, but I think they are looking for effort. And we just don't, don't, please just don't put them in that awkward position where they have to, you know, like like if you're using Lego men as your brimstone horrors, please just don't do it. Please, please Absolutely. No. And, uh, do Absolutely. <laughs> and Reese has already told me and as I've already said to other people, um, if you don't have painted models, you will not be on the stream, uh, which is also another very point thing. And we're not, we're not saying you should have a gorgeous, beautiful, fully painted army and fully based. That would be the Age of Sigmar event or the 30k Forge World event but (coughs) excuse me um but we are asking that you have painted models and painted models if you just go to the itc event we define it it's very clear so uh guys just we're just asking for pretty models for a stream and i think that's more than fair to ask of just three colors painted models make sure they look good um anyway so go on so you're gonna see a lot of hopefully not (laughs) a lot of ugly brimstone demon conversions (laughs) Um, I,
1: w- I want to bring, like, a shame bell. Someone mentioned this in, in the Facebook. I want to bring, like, a bell that I ring every time someone pulls out really ugly horrors. Oh, just ring it so everyone has shame. to look over. Yeah, just a giant bell. People shame. look over like, oh, someone's got bad horrors. we we'll on oh, no. that table. Shame bell. <laughs> no, we'll discourage it. I don't know. It,
0: you know, it's really interesting because um, GW hasn't come out with a kit for the Brimstone Horrors. did not come out with a kit on time for the Las Vegas Open. I don't know if they have the kit or not, uh, but you know that would have been really useful to have you know a brimstone horror kit but anyway that's that's might yep. just be that just might be me griping a little um, but i just think it's really funny that so many people are going to be converting brimstone horrors when they could have just bought silver tower boxes from frontline gaming for 20% off msrp
1: yeah, that's right. $100, and, $100 boxes so you can get those four Brimstone Horrors Four here. Brimstone Horrors. You also get four
0: Blue <laughs> Horrors, Matt, and you get a pink Oh, horse.
1: snaps! You, also you got get me Zangers. there. Zangers? Is it, Zang- uh, is it Zangers or is it Zangors? I Zang-
0: actually don't... I-, I call them Zangers.
1: Okay. Oh, I like I like that. That sounds better. I always call them yeah. Zangors. yeah. That's just awkward. doesn't like roll. I like Zangers better. Zangers. Zangers. Uh, Zangers.
0: Uh, but, 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 yeah, so, uh, you know, anyways, <laughs> what else do you expect to see at the LVO? Probably... Um, let's keep a little more competitive meta related.
1: <laughs> okay, um, you know, I, you know, there have been years in the past at certain giant tournaments where you see, uh, like, you know, one la la army. You may have been around for that Adepticon year where it was Grey Knights as far as the eye could see. Do you remember? Where you? it was basically Like fact. it was literally like fifty or sixty percent of the field was Grey Knights. This was back in fifth ed. I don't think we're going to see that. I think we're going to see just about everything there. Um, especially because ITC encourages people to try to get best in faction. I think that realistically you're going to see just about everything. Death Stars, non-Death Stars. You're going to see Obsec, non-Obsec. You're going to see summoning. You're going to see pff, War Cons. I I, I I expect to see everything. I, I, I have no doubt that I will see just about every flavor of army there so in and kind of i'm kind of dodging your question here um <laughs> in, in terms of in terms of competitiveness at least um i think that demons are going to be very competitive as they always are elder of course of always going to be a thing Space Marines, um, with right. their demi companies, and uh, you know, with a with a with bark star, you know, either as a part of a demi company or you know, a death star bark star is also very possible. Um, I think those are probably going to be the armies to look towards and to seeing, you know, that the very competitive, Gene Sealer Colt is good, but with the nerf, not really nerf, I guess FAQ, whatever you want to call it, makes them less competitive but still good. I don't know, they're they're kind of a dark horse, I think. So um, yeah, so th- those are kind of the armies I really expect to see. Eldar always. Tau, like Tau Dar, you're gonna see, uh, you know, demons, space marines, bark stars, all that sort of stuff.
0: Okay, cool. Uh, and I, I, think you're right. As uh, Thomas and I talked last week, we do think that the meta right now is the most diverse it's ever been. I think it uh, is too. Though, though, uh, that hourglass figure with that no uh, middle class, so to speak, of army lists. There's a lot of there's a lot of diversity at the top a lot of diversity at the bottom but there's not a really a whole lot of diversity in the middle Uh, yeah i I think
1: that's a very good assessment of it
0: right right so um which, which is which is good and bad for for a lot of different reasons um i'll focus on the good mostly it's good because you can have a large event a large competitive event like the las vegas open where people there's a nice diversity of lists and people can bring what they want competitively And if you look at the opposite side there's a lot of diverse lists that are really casual that you can run at more casual events like a narrative campaign or something so um you know it just it, it it's not it's the way 40k is right now and we can't really do much about it at the moment though gw is trying really hard with their faq and so yeah so anyways a lot of diversity
1: yes indeed all Which right is good i'm happy about that
0: oh yeah absolutely uh what have you done to prepare yourself for the lvo
1: uh played a lot of test games uh this is actually kind of funny Uh, as you know there's six mission in itc one two three four five six and typically speaking i'm kind of playing the odds here how appropriate for vegas uh typically speaking you you know the first three matchups of a giant tournament like adepticon or you know lvo or something like that is usually people who are a little more casual, you know, who are a little luckier and tend to be easier matchups. And I think you start running into really competitive players in games 4, 5, and 6. So, as you know, 4, 5, and 6 are important games, and then, you know, if you make it to top 8, which, of course, I'm shooting for, you know, then you replay missions 1, 2, and 3. So, uh, you know, top eight first game would be game 1, and then game 2, and then game 3. So <laughs> I've actually been playing a lot of games like... Four, five, and six missions, oh. four, five, and six, and also mission one because I make top four. I'm, I'm happy. I'm like, I don't, I'm not shooting to win L- LVO by a stretch of the imagination. <laughs> it's one of those things where if it happens, cool, awesome, but I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna like shoot for that and be like, oh man, I didn't make it. Life sucks. So if you want to, basically, what I'm the point I'm trying to get at is if you want to kick my ass, catch me in game like two or three mission two or three because i haven't practiced as much with those and you, you can just destroy me and i'll be like oh dang it i should practice those missions more often that'll show me
0: already here first folks call out there you go. round one it's,
1: it's my kryptonite it's my kryptonite right. um, so uh so yeah i've been playing a lot of a lot of games i've been playing against you know i mean i'm sure a lot of people have done this just been practicing against all sorts of different armies i have been trying different iterations of multiple different lists um, and just basically trying to see, you know, just get the practice I can in there, you know. So that's, I'm sure, no different from what other people have. And then, of course, I also discussed the Excel sheet, the the Excel sheet. And I'll show you, I'll show you that LVO, Pablo. Oh, heck bit. yeah,
0: we'll <laughs> get a picture of you and I looking at it.
1: That's right. It'll be a, it'll be a tradition from now on. Right. So, you know, I've, I've been following and paying attention to, you know, who's a threat to unthrone me or whatever terminology you want to use. Um, so I've been paying attention to the meta as far as that goes and just trying to play against armies that I think have a fair chance of beating me, you know? So, yeah, that's that's kind of been my practice regimen. All right.
0: Now, uh, so as I've asked all of my interviews in the past, and you guys can uh, – I'll click uh, – I'll definitely hyperlink to all of my Chapter Tactics episodes, and you can look at the last three interviews. And this is actually my favorite question to ask is what army do you want to particularly face and what army is your nightmare scenario? So think like round six. Round six, you show up to your table. Uh, you're looking at army lists, and you see this army, and you're like, yes, top eight's mine, and vice versa. You see this, and you're like, well, you know, it was a nice run.
1: Okay, so when you say want to face, do you mean like easy matchup, or you mean like, oh, this will be a fun game?
0: Uh, uh, easy matchup. One, one you expect you would expect to see, because there's no fun at the tops, the final round <laughs> six top. <laughs> no fun. fun allowed. I've, I've been to... A, a lot of large events and i've i've hung around the top tables around the later rounds often and you will occasionally see two players having a good time Uh, sadly the majority of the players you see in the more, majority of the games you see those players are intense and and i don't i don't a lot of those players at the top tables are my friends and i would never ever call them unfun mean people because they're not but those those top tables can get very very competitive, and the last word you would use to describe them is fun. You definitely, you definitely think they are fun after the event, maybe weeks after the event for some people. Um, but they're not fun. So, you know,
1: that's fair. Yeah. All right. Um, okay. So what 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 would I realistically see in the top uh, as I get towards you know round six that I think would be easy? Um, you know the thing about. I think I've had a lot of practice against Eldar. I mean, Eldar has you know, been done to death in the yeah. last two years. It's not an easy matchup. Don't misunderstand when I say that. But I think in terms of things I'm just prepared to face, who hasn't played a billion Eldar lists in the last you know two years? You know, It was wave serpents, and now it's bikes and that sort of stuff. So if I walk up the table and I see Eldar, I'd be like, oh, well, I know exactly how this game is going to go. Um, so, you know, like spider spam with, you know, bikes and a Sasquatch wraith Knight and all that sort of stuff. There's not a lot of surprises there in terms of tricks you can pull off because it's been done to death over and over and over again. Um, so I, I suppose I kind of qualified as that again, I'm not saying that'd be an easy matchup. It's more like I can walk up to and be like, okay, I'm confident in how I know this game is going to go. Um, in terms of nightmares, Ooh, that's a tricky one, tricky one, tricky one. Um, part of it depends on a little bit on what I take. Ah, da 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 da. What is a nightmare for me? Uh, I'd say I'd say Renegades is kind of a a bad matchup. Not necessarily a bad matchup, but especially with the the recent FAQ that said blast hit all levels. There's no way to hide from renegades anymore (laughs) you can't get under a a level of a ruin and line of sight isn't going to save you because a shit ton of its barrage so renegades with just a shit ton of spam could definitely hurt i mean it's not a very tactically diverse army but it you know it's a pummeling and that's that's not necessarily a, a nightmare matchup but there's not a lot you can do besides hope that your dice kind of keep you alive until you can take out the renegades appropriately
0: well you can also run a death star
1: yeah, that's true. But even then, a Death Star, you know, if, if Renegade, I, I, I have Renegades. I collect them. It's one of my main armies. Uh, Renegades can actually do a ridiculous amount of damage to a Death Star if they go first. Just like 48 blasts, like you can take out special characters relatively, right. like Tiggy can die instantly, that sort of stuff. And, you know, you can start Hamstrung before the game even, before you get your turn.
0: Fair so,
1: enough. Yeah, so. Yeah, I, th- I think um, you're actually right. Yeah. So I'd say, uh, I'd say that's, that's going to be rougher, especially with the LV or the ITC's ruling there. Um, but I don't think there's, a, I don't think there's any true easy matchup because every player who gets in the, you know, the top 16 at round six is going to be a good player and they're going to be scary with their list. And I don't think that there's any auto lose, uh, matchup, um, either, as long as you take a well-balanced list.
0: All right, cool. So, uh, I've asked them everyone this question. I'm gonna ask you this question. Yep. What are you bringing, Matt Root? I'm you gonna know, find out anyways. But
1: it's true. You will. Um, you know, I'm 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 honestly not a hundred percent certain at this point. Uh oh. Um, I, I can I can well yeah I know. I've I've been I have it nailed down into categories. You know, there's still Warcon. I still love my Warcon, although my my drop pod list is no longer a thing.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and then you know I have my renegades, which of course are also wonderful. And then there's you know, with especially with like demon summoning, they can do board presence for days. Uh, so they, they're also another option that I'm thinking about. Um, I could tell you, I'm not going to be doing any Death Star type stuff, I'm not a Death Star kind of guy. Okay. Um, so I would, and uh, so whatever I run will be probably very MSU-y. And so, you know, what I'm probably honestly going to do, Pablo, the night before is you know, I've been playtesting, I can't tell you games I've been playtesting with all sorts of different lists. I'm probably going to decide the night before LVL, I'll be like, eh, I'm just going to. I'll bring this list and then I'll just bring one of those armies along. Maybe it'll be demon summoning. I don't know. That's right. <laughs> I have all sorts of shit I like to do.
0: And actually, you see that a lot with Magic: The Gathering tournaments and I'm glad you said all that uh, because a, lo- a lot of I when I was I was really into the competitive Magic: The Gathering scene a couple of years ago, actually not a couple of years, for a while. Um, I've been playing Magic: The Gathering for a long time. Um, and I was really into the competitive scene and a lot of the top players when, when they asked get asked those kind of questions like how did you decide what deck you were going to bring it was always like oh i decided the night before with like my buddies we were at the yep. hotel room in the in the jacuzzi <coughs> talking having a good time and then everyone was like you know what this list is going to dominate this tournament like this meta and everyone's like yeah yeah and then everyone decides to run that list or that deck um so so a lot of the times you know it, it's kind of it's kind of like you're sitting there and that gut instinct hits you and you you've done all your research and you know, it's just I feel like a lot of the top players do that. So yeah. you're on the right track, Matt Root.
1: We'll see. We'll see. We'll see if it pays off. I don't know. All hard right. To say hard to say.
0: Okay, so now who do you predict will be in the top eight?
1: Who or what armies?
0: Um, I'm sorry. What are what armies? What factions and armies do you okay. think will? make the
1: topic uh i'm gonna guess two eldar players and this will be pretty standard either eldar bikes with spiders and sasquatch with like a riptide wing something like that pretty very standard eldar lists okay um that'll be two i'm gonna guess two space marine players and i mean regular space marines this might be like white scars battle company or something along those lines um probably gonna be a dark angel's like you know, Grant or Alien type thing, where they have like a demi company with Barkstar. You know, even though it's not really true, to Dark Angels. I include the Dark Angel category because it's you know Dark Angel primary. Right. So there might be like one to two of those. I'm guessing. Uh, there'll probably be like two demons. Okay, so yeah, we have awesome. One so more there's... slot left, Brent yep. or Matt. So I'm gonna say the last one's probably gonna be kind of a dark horse. Um, it could be like Renegades. It could be like. Uh, it could be. Um, Gene uh, like Gene Sealer Cult? Yep, absolutely. I could totally see Gene Sealer Cult. I, I've heard you say multiple times, you think it's orcs. I I, I don't <laughs> know if I agree with you. I'm sorry, Pablo. I'd love orcs Straight to up. be there. Um, I, it's probably going to be some random dark horse, and people are like, what? Are you, how did they get there? I don't know. Uh, and people will question it for the rest of humanity's time. Because a lot of it's going to be just luck in terms of matchup dependency at LVO, because there's so... Many people and so many competitive players that a lot of it's just going to come down to a fair amount of luck. So yeah, that's all that's right. my top eight predictions.
0: I, I mine are completely different. Um, so okay, so
1: I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. All right, Go
0: so uh, guys, I've been I've been teasing it and I have not I've I've not released my top eight army predictions because I wanted to release them closer to the event. Um, I'm also cheating a little. I wanted to gather full data. For all of the January events, Um, I also wanted to kind of talk to everyone, all the top players, see what they were thinking, what they ran. Um, And I didn't want to also influence, in a way, I didn't want to influence what people brought, right? Because if, if, you know, if they listen to me and they're like, oh, if he thinks those are in the top eight and I'm talking to my buddy here and he thinks, you know, like, I'm going to bring this list. I I really don't want to do that. Um, I do want to warn people. I do want to tell people what I think the meta is and what people are preparing for. Um, But I just, I didn't feel like it was a good idea to make the predictions so early on in the month. And then that, and you know, if I made the predictions so early on in the month and I wanted to change them, you know, I I could. No, I can't because when you're listening to this, LVO is a week away. LVO is less than a week away. It's six days away. Uh, So anyways, my top eight army predictions, and I'm going to lead off with this. I've been saying it for a very long time. Um, But I realized something between uh, yesterday, we're recording on Wednesday, and Sunday, that orcs cannot take mech guns with Zard Snark. Yep, and and it it doesn't technically raw you can because it because zarsak doesn't specifically say mech guns Um, guns. right it's big guns or something but um the the judges uh basically everyone i I talked to a bunch of people and everyone kind of just like pablo you're an idiot of course mech guns count i'm like well fine um so (laughs) so i've been saying it along and hate to do it but top top an orc player will not make the top eight um, and only because because of that. If you could take mech guns with Zardsnark, and eh, eh, I think you, I think an orc player would be in the top because mech guns are insane, especially right now in the meta. Uh, and Zart Snark is also insane, but you can't take both in the same list. And stupid Pablo, I don't play orcs, so <laughs> cut me a little slack here. <laughs> <laughs> have, you, <laughs> um,
1: have you have you played? Not a fan of the Green Tide, huh?
0: <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of the Green Tide. Ever since uh, I when I first went to the LVO, I played a Green Tide player. It was the nicest guy I've ever played. Uh, he he played green tide with a void shield generator and I was one of the centurion star and yep. Drago held the green tide for two full combat rounds because I grabbed the relic and I, I ran with the relic that sounds and um, right. Drago's like I got this guys I got this and uh, cast invisibility on him he held the Ooh. green tide for two full rounds of combat by himself um, yep. and the eventually the green tide player just kind of caught up to me we got to turn six and he caught up to me and was like okay I got you now and I was like okay you got me now <laughs> I'm dead. <laughs> That's so, funny. Yeah,
1: I actually, I uh, two years ago at uh, LVO I took Green Tide and actually ended up in ninth place at the LVO. So, yeah, at the LVO. Uh, two just... years ago,
0: I was at the LVO, uh, and I remember a Green Tide player doing well. So that was probably you. Yeah,
1: I came this close. So I was one point from eighth. So oh. I, I was thinking when you were mentioning when you were mentioning orcs, I thought you were mentioning like Green Tide or something like that. I no, like, I don't think oh. I don't think
0: Green Tide. I don't think Green Tide can handle a lot of this, especially now with the Void Shield nerf. Especially now, they, they, yeah. Anyways, my top eight army predictions in no particular order. First off, you're gonna see two lists with Riptide Wings. I, I don't care what the other faction is; it's really not gonna matter. If you want me, if you want, oh, excuse <laughs> me, right? If you want me to, if you want me to give you uh, what I think that you'll see, you'll probably see a Taudar list for sure with Riptide Wing and Eldar Scathach, Wraith Knight, Warp Spiders, the works, kind of like what Kurt Claus was running. And I think you're also gonna see a Riptide Wing and something weird maybe riptide wing and chaos space marines or riptide wing. Be, right, right 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 but, but i think a lot of people riptide wing is is probably the best formation in the game right now it's definitely one of the if not the most used formation in the game um maybe maybe discounting battle company in gladi but even then i don't know riptide wing is just such a a plug and win formation it's it's a little over centralizing but i don't think riptides are quite that amazing to be for it to be considered like the most broken shit ever. Um, yeah. I don't think it is because I think there's a lot of really broken, powerful combinations in 40 K, but it, it's by far the most consistent, you know, standard kind of list. And it's been around forever now, Yeah, right? Yeah. Riptide there. I believe there were Riptide wings last year at the LVO. I don't
1: remember how old Riptide I don't remember, Riptide, Riptide it's wings been fun. around for a while.
0: Yeah, it's been, it's been around for a while. It's tried and true. Uh, so you're going to see two lists with Riptide wings. Um, Taudar and probably something really weird. Probably Space Marines and Riptide and Eldar or whatever, right? Some some weird concoction of Riptide Wing and something else. Uh, next, you're going to see one Magnus, one Rahadi Warsect. You're going, I can that see list that. is insane. The, 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 you're going to see it's, it's going to be Chaos Space Marines primary and it's going to be Magnus and four Demon Princes and whatever else he felt like running. And For some reason, the best players I know are, are D- really good demon some of the best players i know are really really good demon players and i've i rarely meet demon players that are bad at the game it's extremely rare it's it's extremely rare and i don't know what it is about that faction or those players i, I don't understand but so you're gonna see Rahadi warsect with magnus in the top eight uh, it's gonna it's gonna happen that that list is kind of risen and it's a really dominant really strong list you're also going to see a cabal star for my next prediction uh you're gonna see a cabal star um I know I wasn't going to name anyone, but I, I would like to name call it James Carmona and his Cabal Star, his dual Death Star Cabal Star list. Uh, I, he's been practicing a lot with it. Um, he's kind of chomping at the bit to make the top eight, Love mm-hmm. and and I think I think he's probably going to make the top eight with the with a Cabal Star, and if not him, someone else, someone else running a similar list to him with a Cabal Star. Uh, so so you're definitely going to see a Cabal Star, and you're also going to see a Battle Company of some kind. I'm not going to say a White Scars Battle Company or Dark Angels Battle Company because I think they're similar enough to cancel to kind of kind of merge them into the same army list. So they both would lose like when Purge the Alien happens. So you're going to see a lot of Dark Angels Battle Company players and a lot of Space Marine Battle Company players lose after round four or after Purge the Alien, or whatever mission that is. I think it is mission four. Uh, so so, so nope. be prepared for the <laughs> slaughtering, genocide of Battle Company players because um, that's when it that's it happened last year at the las vegas open it'll happen this year a lot of battle company players lose after that round and understandably because it's really hard to win purged alien for them you might not see as many this year because uh this year there's a little bit more msu there's like the demonic incursion msu list there's gene Colt, there's obviously other battle companies there's demon summoning um and there's also renegades there's, so there's there's a lot of there's a lot of lists with a lot of different unit unit types or a lot of different units so battle company players maybe might have a better time with it but you're going to see a battle company of some kind and it won't just be a generic battle company it'll probably be a battle company with some sort of death star mm-hmm. so that's that's kind of the top flavor of the month for january right now is the battle company with the death star a lot of good really good players that i know are running that yep. uh, and so you're going to see that. You're going to see a Battle Company with a Death Star. If I had to take a wild guess, it would probably be Dark Angels. But that's only because Brandon Grant is going to the Las Vegas Open. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you're also going to see an Eldar player, uh, a traditional, true blue, old-fashioned Eldar player. I know Eldar. They're old-fashioned now. They're, they are um, that consistent top veteran player who always, you know, veteran list who always seems to make it into the top players that everyone knows how to play. You know it's Eldar. You're gonna see an Eldar player.
1: Such a weird thing to say that, like, oh, it's a tried and true, same old Eldar. Like, Eldar is being old and boring when they're just like they were so meta shaking when they came out. Such and everyone's just like, yeah, Eldar.
0: Oh my God, they're so good. Uh, So yeah, that Eldar faction is too good not to make the top eight at the LVO. I think you'll see Scathach, Wraith Knight, Warp Spiders. Uh, the the usual suspects some combination of those uh, it's going to be a pure Eldar list not Riptide Wing and Eldar so I think you're definitely going to see a pure Eldar list at the top eight uh, maybe a Seer Council star though I don't think I don't think there's enough Seer Council Eldar players to there are definitely Seer Council Eldar players that can make the top eight uh, Matt Shuckman comes to mind in particular but I don't think there's enough of them to beat the odds because there's 450 plus players you know Matt Shuckman might run into a bad game might have a bad game he might get some bad luck he might run into an extremely good player like matt Schuckman might get brandon grant round two randomly or, or a brandon grant equivalent right sure. um, so there's a lot of there's a lot of uh different scenarios and different factors at such a large event and i don't think any player is like a shoe in to make the top eight and anyone i don't think anyone's a complete guarantee to make the top eight
1: i agree with you i don't think anyone
0: is all right so eldar a pure eldar list um although i'm gonna go with not a Seer Council LDR list. And then lastly, I think you're going to see a Renegades list. I don't think you're going to see Gene Circle. Um, I think Renegades is a little bit of a dark horse, though there's a lot of really good Renegade players too. There's there's as many good Renegade players as there are Chaos Demon players. And last year, a really interesting statistic I found was there, weren't, there was maybe, I think, 10 or 12 Renegade players at the Las Vegas Open last year, but they were all in the top 50 at one point. It, or later on late late in the rounds. Uh, they, they, there might have been one guy who, who had lost two games. Right. But all yeah, the
1: kids are brutal.
0: Yeah, they're they're brutal. And last year they were they're a little bit more of a new army, so a lot of people didn't know how to play them. Um but they didn't right. kind of have the the meta presence to break into the top eight.
1: Well, they're also ridiculously expensive to collect. Yes, because they, you need they are artillery, yep. which is like just you know the forge artillery is ridiculous. I it took me like a year and a half to collect my renegades. Right, and, and you need like, two
0: hundred models. Um, yep, if,
1: it's it takes a lot of time and, and effort.
0: Yeah, if you want to summon demons with them, which a lot of people do now, they, yep. you gotta you gotta buy the demon models. Um, you have to have the plague zombies. So it, renegades is is one of those high barrier to entry armies. Same thing with gene circle. The only difference Renegades has over Gene Silcohl is Renegades has um, shooting, and I think the best ally—they oh, have better ally—they have a better allies matrix. They have demons, uh, so so Renegades yep. I think can be Gene Colt in that regard. Uh, but you know, I don't think you're going to see a Gene Silcohl player in the top eight. Uh, sorry, Jeff, in control Robinson. I know you run <laughs> Gene Colts, and if you prove me wrong, you you can you can hold it over my head for eternity, um, and yep. I would be very glad if you made the top eight, Jeff. But I don't think Gene Colt are going to make the top eight.
1: Yeah, fair enough. We'll see. All also, right. I, heard you, I heard you smack talking my warcon about how it won't make top eight if I take my warcon. Uh, I mean, cut me deep, Pablo. I, I mean, I
0: it's right there in my top eight army predictions. There was no war convocation in there. Uh, I remember you telling me a long time ago that uh, Death Star that you're kind of a hard time with Death Star, especially with that list.
1: Yeah, with with my drop pod list, yeah.
0: With, with which is dead now. So yep. you know, it, it in my face, maybe maybe you could. Maybe you have a war convocation list up your sleeve that I don't know about.
1: Yeah, who knows? I, right. I'll, it's like I said I'm not even being coy here. I honestly well'll probably decide the night before, right uh, yeah <laughs> So but, we'll see, I suppose.
0: Um, but yeah, I don't think I don't think war convocation. I think it's it's run out of its tricks. I think everyone knows how to play war convocation. And I don't think it's quite built for where the meta is right now. Um, and this meta is basically there's a lot of death stars, uh, and there's a lot of of hyper MSU. With really cheap free units, uh, and that's that's kind of that's kind of the strength right now. Um, last year it was it was I think more efficient MSU troop choices. Um, There's a, definitely a lot more shooting based last year than it was this year. And then last year, of course, there was also the Death Stars weren't as big a thing last year, but this year I think I think Death Stars are going to be more of a thing. Then that's only because the the Cabal Stars and Chaos Space Marines with the Trade Allegiance book that mm-hmm. that gave you. They gave you so many options, Death Stars. And if if uh the Castellans of the Imperium Detachment and the Fall of Cadia book had been allowed at Lot the Las Vegas open, you would you could easily I could easily see four Death Stars making the top eight. Four Death Stars from different factions.
1: Very possible. We yeah. shall see. Right.
0: All right, guys. So what do you guys think about my top eight army predictions? I would love to hear your guys' thoughts on what you what armies you think will make the top eight. Um, maybe even what players you think the top will make the top eight. Maybe what player you think will win the Las Vegas Open. I'm curious to hear what you guys think. Um, once again, like I said last week, I love you guys. You guys are the best listeners. And I can't wait to hear you guys You know, read your comments as the Las Vegas Open is going on. And I can't wait to share that experience with everyone who couldn't make it. And if you didn't make it out this year, come out next year. It's only going to get bigger and crazier. I think it's becoming one of those go to events where you have to go at least once all right matt
1: it's a big event it's 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 big so many people
0: it's huge and and if you're listening and you don't and you you're not playing in the 40k championships or you don't really want to because you don't like where the meta is or you just want to have a little more fun there's a ton of things the las vegas open you can do that aren't just 40k competitive related there's the narrative events there's team events there is the 30k tournament which i wish i was a part of their 30k horse Heresy tournament forge world's going to be out there and helping out uh the to it's it's going to be insane there's gonna be beautiful armies the price support i heard was going to be crazy i'm not going to spoil any of it for you uh, and of course the age of sigmar event being run by gw themselves they they're laying down the law by the way i don't know if you've gotten a chance to read the age of sigmar guidelines matt uh, mm-hmm. but you must have a fully painted fully based army with gw gw models Uh, And yeah, they want they want you to to represent. They want Age of Sigmar players to be like, you know what, we are we are the hobby kings, right? And and if you are at the Las Vegas Open, go check out the Age of Sigmar event while it's running. You're going to see some amazingly gorgeous armies. Because there's one thing I've seen about Age of Sigmar that where it's different than 40k is for some reason even the top players. Uh, even the most competitive players who don't always have the best looking armies, they have amazing Age of Sigmar armies. They've gorgeous, gorgeous. Even I have a a pretty damn good Age of Sigmar army. I when I wanted to get into <laughs> Age of Sigmar, I was like, oh, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get like a bad army. Like, I'm not gonna run warp spiders and then never paint them ever. Um, I'm, <laughs> you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start in and get a a beautiful army because I think that's kind of, I think it's kind of more open to that. Uh, anyways, so so guys, uh, I can't wait to. Here, with you guys i can't wait to see you guys at the las vegas open if you see me you know say hi give me a shout out i'd love to meet some of my listeners in person and i can't wait to see you obviously next week i will not be having an episode and but the week after that we'll jump right into it we'll probably talk about the las vegas open meta probably talk about uh the winner and probably the itc season and what's new to come so guys thanks for listening very much matt root thanks for coming on it's always a pleasure having you
1: it's always a pleasure to be here and discuss things.
0: Alright, and have a good one. Boom. Booyah. I'm gonna
1: Nailed close. it.
0: Okay, please please okay, you were recording. So. <laughs>